Thanks for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. Our hope is that it helps you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. What is up, everybody? How? What? The sky. You got me again. Uh. Guys, it is good to see you. It has been good to be with you on these Wednesday nights. Um, it's been good to talk about the Word of God. We have, I, it's crazy. We have been in three chapters, just three chapters of the book of Matthew the entire semester. So we started off in Matthew 5. We talked talk about the Beatitudes, Jesus issuing this invitation to us to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then we watched as Jesus laid out what that kingdom looks like, what his people in that kingdom look like. And tonight is no different, but tonight we're going to get to the very root of all that, that, that Jesus is trying to say in this entire message. We're gonna get to the very root of it, which is that kingdom people, kingdom who are, people who are a part of the kingdom of heaven live life with Jesus. When we are a part of the kingdom of heaven, we are living life with him. When we want to be disciples of Jesus, we use that word around here sometimes. Anybody ever heard the word disciple? We, some of you are probably in discipleship groups, D groups, right? Um, we see the word disciple in the Bible. And, and I think it's important that we talk about this word and what it, it means. So I think the best definition for this word is learning how to live. Discipleship equals learning how to live. Learning how to live. And, and ultimately, the people that you're around, the things that you're around, are going to teach you how to live. A man named Dallas Willard said this, that everyone is a disciple of something. Everyone is learning how to live. You don't actually get to choose if you are going to be a learner of how to live, but you do get to choose who teaches you. You do get to choose who you're around. And Jesus, more than anything, while he has laid out in these three chapters how to live, more than that, Jesus wants to do life with us. More than just telling us how to do it, he wants to come alongside of us and do it with us. And, and that's what we see in, these, in this story tonight about a wise man and a foolish man and, and two houses and a storm. Ultimately, what Jesus wants us to know is that we, as kingdom people, live life with Jesus. And, and as I was looking at Matthew chapter seven, I started, started looking at another book of the Bible, the book of Luke. In the book of Luke, this same story is told. These same, these same words of Jesus are shared. And, and Luke tells it in, in a different perspective a little bit. He uses some different words. And actually, Luke helped me understand what these verses are saying. So I actually want us to, to do that. I want us to look at the book of Luke together. Luke chapter six. If you have your Bible or if you have a phone and you want to pull that up, do it. It's gonna be on the screen too. But in Luke chapter six, Luke tells these same words of Jesus to us in a, different, in a little bit of a different way. So let's read Luke chapter six, verse 46 through 49. It says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house 
on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck the, that, that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. So these are the same words, right? The same story. Jesus is making the same point. But, but Luke includes some details here that, I, that helped me change the way I read the story. Change the way I read the story. Because I used to read this story about two wise men, or two, uh, one wise man and one foolish man, and I used to imagine them in like completely different parts of the world, right? Like I imagined one on, on like a beach, right? And I imagined another one like on this huge boulder, okay? But, but I don't think Luke is saying that. I don't think Jesus is saying that. Because the difference between these two men is not their skill. It's not that they're building, one of them is better at building than the other. The difference between these two men isn't even that they were given different plans to build off of. The difference between these two men, men is that not that they're facing a different storm. The difference between these two men is not even that they're building on different land. The difference between these two men is that the wise man digs down deep. The wise man goes, goes deeper. He doesn't build his house on sand. We all have seen at a beach or, or in a movie, if you haven't been to a beach, um, a, a sandcastle get destroyed by the waves, right? Like sand is not sturdy. We're not building our houses on sand for good reason. But, but Jesus says here, the sand that is there, both men had to deal with, one man just dealt with it differently. And, and I, I noticed two, two more things about this passage in Luke chapter six. There's, there's two different men, right? And, and Jesus compares us, the people of God, the disciples of Jesus, to these two people. And, and so let's go back and look. Verse 47, this is the first thing I noticed. It says, as for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into action, puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid a foundation. Jesus says the wise man does three things. Everyone hold up three. The wise man does three things. Number one, the wise man comes to Jesus. Number two, he hears Jesus' words. And number three, he puts them into practice. He puts them into practice. So I noticed that there's, there's something that is different about what the wise person does versus the foolish. And the second thing I noticed is what the foolish person does. Verse 49 says, but the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. Jesus says the foolish person only does two things. I'm gonna hold up a two. The foolish person does two things. The first one is that he hears Jesus' words. And the second is that he does not put them into practice. What's the difference between the two people? What's the difference? Shout it out. The wise man came to Jesus. The wise man started with Jesus. The wise man came to Jesus. The difference is not the storm. The difference is not the house that they're building. The difference is not the skill that they have to build the house. The difference is not even the very land they are building on. The difference is the foundation. The difference is who is there. You and I, as disciples of Jesus, as people who are saying, I want to learn about how to live life from Jesus, the very first step 
is to live life with Jesus. The very first step. We see this with Jesus and his disciples. If you were to go right now and you were to go look through all of the gospels, you would find story after story of Jesus going to his disciples, calling them and saying, come and follow me. And what you would not find in those stories is that the disciples continued to do what they were doing before. The biggest difference between when the disciples met Jesus is that before they met Jesus, they did not spend time with Jesus. Before Jesus called them to be their, his disciples, he did not, they didn't spend time with him. But after Jesus said, come and follow me, they threw down their fishnets, they left what they knew, they left their normal routine, they left what they had been letting teach them how to live, and they went with Jesus to let him teach them how to live. The kingdom of heaven is a kingdom of presence. The kingdom of heaven is a kingdom where Jesus is actually with us. And you and I have to know that Jesus, when he's telling us about the Sermon on the Mount, when he's telling us all these things about his kingdom, what he needs us to understand is that the first thing is him. He is the foundation. Now, if you're anything like me, um, I, I ask a lot of questions, you know? And at this point, you might be like, well, I could, you know, build a house, or I could live my life, and then, you know, come to church, and that's my strong foundation, right? And I'll, I'll rely on Jesus being here. And, and you're like, why do I have to have a firm foundation, right? Like, why does that plot of land have to, well, I'll tell you, because I watch HGTV, and I know about these things. So I, I love HGTV. I watch it quite a bit. And one of the first things you'll notice about HGTV, if, if you go on there and you start looking at their TV shows, is that some of them are about houses being like redone, right? Remodeling the houses, renovating old houses, making them new again, right? And even some of them, you actually get to go on this process with people. So you'll like, the, the people will like walk into a new house and they'll notice features. They'll be like, oh, that's antique. It's from the mid-century, which I do not know what that means. But they say it and um, they like it. And then they start doing, then like the next place they go is like into this dark, dingy, like, like crawl space, and you're like, why are we down here? All the interesting stuff's upstairs, right? And then they, they may even like go outside the house. They may even go outside the house and start looking around the outside of the house. And what they're doing is they're checking the foundation, right? They're checking to see if the foundation is sturdy. Because the biggest problem with houses, the mo- you're gonna spend the most money fixing bad foundations. You're going to spend the most money. That house is not gonna be worth buying. A lot of them, I have a picture of, of a bad foundation. That house, that house like really was built on sand. Like it is it, on sinking sand, right? Um, <laughs> that's an extreme situation. A lot of times on HGTV, they don't even go in those houses, I'm gonna be honest. They don't even show those ones. But what happens is, is people, they start looking for, for like, signs that the foundation might eventually crack or signs that the foundation wasn't laid level, right? Now, if, if like in Luke, they came across a house that had no foundation at all, that'd be a whole different ballgame. That'd be its own show right there, okay? But, but the foundation is an important part of the house, right? The foundation of a house determines the entire integrity of the structure, If the foundation is not good, 
then the house will fall. It may take some wind blowing, it may take a storm, but it will fall. And, and Jesus knows this reality. He's saying, you know that you need a foundation to build a house. You know that you need something firm in order to build something on top of it, right? And, and so he says, you, in, order, in order for you to enter into this kingdom of heaven, I am your foundation. I am the rock. Have you ever found, have you found Jesus to be sturdy? Have you found Jesus do you, do you trust him enough to build your life on him? We're, t- we're talking metaphors here, you know? Because there was a time in my life where I probably would have said no to those two questions. When I was a junior in high school, I started to doubt God a lot. I became really skeptical. I was asking questions like, is God good? Like, like, why am I working so hard to do the right thing when, in all honesty, everybody around me seemed pretty disinterested in doing the right thing, right? And, and don't hear me wrong. In the midst of all of that, I was, I was sinning. Was I doing everything right? Absolutely not. But I found myself in this position where I, w- I didn't even know if Jesus was worth following. I didn't know if his foundation was firm, I found myself in this, in this position where I, I was doubting whether Jesus was good. And, and I started voicing this frustration to, to people that I know. I started saying like, this is, why am I even working at this? Why am I trying to do what's right? Why am I trying not to be greedy? Why am I trying to you know, not lust? Why am I trying to be generous? Why, why am I trying any of these things? And, and one of my D-group leaders said to me, Emily, when was the last time that you like, spent time with God? When was the last time that you opened your Bible? When was the last time that you prayed? And, and my, my D-group leader understood this, that Jesus' kingdom is a kingdom of presence. Jesus' kingdom is one that its foundation is on, is on being with Jesus. And I began to realize I had, I had slipped into this idea that I could do enough to earn enough, to be good enough, that I didn't actually even need Jesus. And, and, and my foundation became nothing. Nothing. I had done the right things. I had built a house, right? I had found, I had found what I thought was a good house. It looked nice. I, I had good friends. I played good volleyball. I had some good grades. People thought I was doing good. And then when I took a look at what was underneath, I found nothing. Because the reason I was doing those things, the reason that I came to those conclusions were simply to please other people. Honestly, in very simple terms, it was to be liked. I found I just wanted, just wanted to be good. I just wanted to have success. I just honestly was selfish. But what, what, came to, what I came to the conclusion of is that all of that, everything I had done, everything I had worked and built up did not deal with the sin in my life. It didn't deal with the problem that I, I have messed up. 
It didn't deal with the anger that I had. It didn't deal with the greediness that I had. It didn't deal with the lust that I had. It didn't deal with the fact that I just sometimes didn't want to forgive people. I tried building on other foundations, and I am telling you, not worth it. I'm telling you, it it doesn't, there's nothing under these foundations. Like sand does nothing when a storm comes. Sand sand goes into the water. Sand, Sand is overtaken by the storm. And I'm telling you that that Jesus began to teach me, God began to show me through people that I love that, that ultimately all these houses that I had built, they, they were falling. And if they hadn't already, they would in the near future. Ultimately, I, I can't achieve, you cannot achieve, we cannot achieve enough. We can't, we can't put enough sand in our foundation because at the end of the day, sand is still sand. At the end of the day, Sand still gets washed away. We can't do enough good works to earn salvation. The psalmist understood this. The psalmist said, truly, my soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is the fortress, and I will never be shaken. It is not by the house that you build that you are saved. It is not by the things that you do. It is not by following the rules that you are saved. It is by the very foundation that you are attached to. It is by the rock, the redeemer, God himself. He is is the beginning and the end. He is the foundation and he is what will be left at the end of the storm. Five, eight students, please, if you hear nothing else, If you hear nothing else, be like the wise man and dig deeper than the sand. Dig deeper. If you think, if you think that you can earn God's love, dig deeper. If you think that being a Christian is just being a good person, dig deeper. If you think that you can, that that you don't need God, dig deeper. If you think you only need God when things are good, dig deeper. If you think that you can earn any of this, if you think you're just good at building houses, good, gracious, dig deeper. If you think you're past being saved for the love, dig deeper because you are not because the foundation is Jesus. And Jesus is not moving. The kingdom of heaven is yours. It's your inheritance. And the kingdom of heaven is a relationship with the God of the universe. It's not, it's not good people. It's that too. But it is Jesus. So when you hit the rock, when you find the foundation, when you dig deep, plant yourself. Take refuge because a storm is coming. And then, and then, put the words of Jesus into action. Thanks again for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. 
We hope that this teaching is helping you discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. If you're interested in learning more about Christ Church, visit us online at cco.church.